Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Just about 6.13 this morning, the 1982 Milwaukee Brewers and the 1997 Green Bay Packers waiting to see if they will be invited to the White House. <laughs> Both oh runner-up boy. teams. Controversy surrounding the First Lady in college basketball this morning following uh, Jill Biden's suggestion that the losing team in the women's NCAA championship basketball game ought also be invited to the White House. Here's her quote. She attended the game. What was it, Sunday. Yes, Sunday afternoon. LSU beat Iowa handily in the women's final Sunday, 102-85. to First Lady said at a speech later, I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So we hope LSU will come. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. First of all, they did not play a good game. They got beat. <laughs> but also, they lost. LSU star Angel Reese posted a link to the story on Twitter with three laughing emojis and the words a joke in all caps. Is that, and this is all stemming from the fact that uh, she has come under fire now, the LSU player, because she has shown kind of mocking. A little bit of taunting there. Yeah, a little bit of taunting, a little bit of celebrating slash mocking of the Iowa star player at the end of the game. So there's that controversy, which was isolated in itself, and then you add to that now the First Lady suggesting <laughs> that the runner-up ought also be coming on, to the White that, House. No, no. Why would Iowa want to do that? Well, first of all, right, if you're Iowa, be like, don't drag us. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't ask to come. We know we lost. And this is just perpetuating the, the, the issue that's already at play, that some feel is already there, that you're, what, now you're going to celebrate – this team that LSU was upset about getting more attention than them to begin with, and here now you're going <laughs> to invite them to the White House for no reason. Reactions on Twitter varying from discussion about participation trophies, who yeah, else yeah. ought to be invited, as I joked, right? What other second-place teams? What about the club volleyball team in Division Three? That You made a great <laughs> point, though, that this doesn't this cloud... LSU's upcoming visit to the White House. Oh, absolutely. Now, if you're LSU, there's all this crap floating around. There are also a lot of allegations of you know white supremacy, and she only wants to invite the largely white team, and right. we're the black team. There's some like, racial elements involved. All that yeah. in there. Yeah. It's all thrown in there. So now, if you're LSU, do you want any part of that? Jeez. <laughs> oh, Look. It's real simple. The team that wins gets the invite. That's that. You know who the luckiest people are from all of this? The referees. Because they were terrible that game, but no one is talking about that. <laughs> right. They're off the hook. 6.15 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers opened their doors at American Family Field for the first time this season on Monday afternoon as the New York Mets were in town for opening day. The Brewers' offense, well, they entered the day without a home run through the first three games down in Chicago. That was until Brian Anderson came to the plate with one on in the fourth inning. 2-2. Anderson drives one to center. Backing up Nimmo. Warning track. It is gone for Anderson. 3 nothing Brewers on the first home run of the season for the Brew Crew. Jeff Levering on the call right here on WTMJ. That would just be the start of the offensive surge for the Brewers with the bases loaded in the fifth inning and the score already at 6-0. to zero. That's when rookie infielder Bryce Terrain came to the plate and welcomed the Mets to his show. Tommy Hunter. 
Deals again to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone! He just hit one out of here with the bases loaded. Bryce Terang, wow, with family sitting in on this one, just hit one out of here. Terang led the offensive surge for the crew, going two for three, had a walk, and batted in four runs. Freddie Peralta did get the start. He had a gem, too, going six strong innings, allowing no runs, and striking out seven on his way for victory number one on the season. After the game, manager Craig Council talking about his rookie's big moment and his big day in front of his home crowd. Yeah, I mean, that's I, for anybody, that's a little bit, you leave your body, you're out. It's not a body experience. You know, I'm, I'm sure when you tell him, he'll, he'll, he'll say his trip around the bases, you know, you don't feel it, you don't remember it, you feel like you're walking on air, you have no idea where the ball went. That's, you know, you go a little blank there and you, and you try to soak it in, but I'm not sure you do because it's, it's pretty special. So it's an incredible feeling. Uh, his, his feeling around in the bases is an incredible feeling. Think of all that first homer, grand slam, opening day. That's a lot. That's a lot to check off on one swing. With the win, the Brewers improved to 3-1 and one on the season. They are back at it tonight. Wade Miley is slated to get the start against the Mets. Max Scherzer, first pitch, is set for 640. You can catch full coverage right here on WTMJ, the home of the Brewers, beginning at 605. And over to the NBA, where the Bucks enter today with a two-game lead for the top spot in the Eastern Conference with only four games to go. And they are back to work visiting Washington to take on the Wizards. The magic number remaining at three for the Bucks for that number one seed. And head coach Mike Budenholzer knows the games will start to count for much more soon enough, and he's just excited to get a healthy Chris Middleton back into the flow. You know, I think one of the things that, you know, uh, his shot making from the mid-range is still elite, high level. His playmaking, his assist, uh, he's getting to the free throw line more. I think there's a lot of positives, and he's a great shooter. You don't forget how to shoot, so, you know, I'll give him, you know, a three ball anytime and, and take that. So he's, to me, he's he's looking good. Tip-off for the Bucks and Wizards is all set for 6 p.m. You can catch full coverage over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee beginning at 5.30. Coming else, coming up, what else is on your ballot this election day? Signing Unlimited, WTMJ News, time 6.20. If we like something, if we don't, we can try to take a vote. Raise your hand or speak your mind. What is right? What is kind? That's right, boys and girls. It's election day. Polls open in, let me see, just uh, less than 40 minutes. 37 minutes. Closing at 8 p.m. tonight. Plenty of items of local concern on the ballots across the state today. Four things that we all see in Wisconsin. Of course, the race for state Supreme Court, former Justice Dan Kelly versus Milwaukee County Judge Janet Protasewicz. WTMJ's Wyatt Bormore-Pooley gets us up to speed on that race. When longtime Justice Patience Rogensack announced her retirement, the ideological makeup of Wisconsin's highest court became up for grabs. Now it's down to former Supreme Court Justice Dan Kelly, who lost his re-election bid in 2020, and Milwaukee Circuit Court Judge Janet Protasewicz. Both Kelly and Protasewicz say the court needs to return to its roots, but have different ideas of how to do so. We need to get away from extremism. We need to get away from extreme partisanship. And so for all of those reasons, not just the types of cases that are going to come before the court that are so critical, but actually the institution itself. I have lots of conversations with our fellow Wisconsinites, and they tell me 
Look, we want our next Supreme Court justice, we want to have no question what they're about. We want someone who's committed to the Constitution. Kelly has called himself a constitutional conservative, saying he will... Apply the existing law to resolve cases to the extent that it's consistent with our Constitution. Pratasewicz has been outspoken in support of abortion rights and gerrymandering reform, but she says her beliefs won't affect how she handles those cases. Any case that comes before our Supreme Court that I will be reviewing is going to be based on the law and based on the Constitution. She says it's important that she's upfront with voters about her beliefs. I've also been very, very careful to make sure that everybody understands no issues are prejudged. I've talked to people about what my values are, but no issues are prejudged. And I look forward to, you know, really being able to evaluate these cases on their merits. It's the most expensive state Supreme Court race in U.S. history, with WizPolitics reporting that $45 million have been spent by the candidates and outside groups supporting them. But both candidates say that for them, any politics ends on April 4th. Putting aside my personal beliefs, my personal thoughts, and getting to the answer that's mandated by the law. When we get to the court, politics are done. Politics, in fact, are poison to the operation of the court. Wyatt Parmore Pooley, WTMJ News. This morning, there are three other things that we'll all see on our ballots across the state. There are referendum questions about bail reform topping the list. That'll be the first two referendum questions. Now, these questions are binding. So in this case, if the yes vote carries the day, the state's constitution will be amended. The preceding legislative steps have already occurred. Both questions are designed to expand judges' ability in Wisconsin to impose larger cash bail to keep potentially dangerous offenders locked up as opposed to released on bail awaiting trial. Uh, Those against that argue racial and economic disparities, basically saying that bail should remain as it is, just a matter of compelling a person who has been accused but not convicted of a crime to appear in court. So if you want things to remain the status quo, that's a no vote on those first two questions. If you want to change that and give judges more leeway to consider those other things, when considering cash bail, that would be a yes vote on the first two questions. Uh, The third question is an advisory referendum, so I won't waste your time on that because it doesn't count. I mean, lawmakers will tell you, well, it will advise us on various things, but you can vote however you want and they can do whatever they want with that information. But first two are the more important. I still got my check, Marky. You do? I was going to ask you. I'll double check right now, but it's still there. Okay, well, you might be the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Not the only one. (laughs) Yes, there are issues. We've got to do it. It's been a while since we've had one. Time for a good old-fashioned Musquatch. Well, I did say people were going to (laughs) die. All right, Musquatch for April 4th, 2023. Here we go. So the media brands are pushing back. If you did not pay attention to Twitter, and I know that there are a lot that don't, even though there are a lot that do, if that makes any sense. Yes, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, media brands that are rejecting the $1,000 a month Twitter checkmark. So in order to look like you're verified, in order to look like you are a true member of Twitter to get all the perks and benefits you have to pay for it, well, the media brands and other brands are saying, no, I'm not going to pay for that. That doesn't make sense to pay money so then you can be considered a certified member of this social media thing. When verified used to mean, hey, this is a legitimate person, place, right. or, or There thing. was a process in which you yes. could engage Twitter saying, I'd like to, I think you could apply for the check mark and would say you'd have to sort of verify your credentials. And a lot of members of the media yeah. are included in that because 
people want to know are you are you really Eric or are you really yep. Vince from WTMJ or are you just someone pretending to be etc cetera, etc cetera. so the New York Times among those saying we are not planning to pay the monthly fee for checkmark status for our institutional Twitter accounts we're also not going to reimburse reporters who use Twitter blue Politico says the same thing. They're not going to pay for you to subscribe to Twitter Blue. You may, of course, enroll at your own expense. That's what Politico is telling its folks. In the future, a check mark will simply mean you are paying for benefits such as longer tweets and fewer ads. That's what Politico says. So why would they pay for that? Insider saying that. LA Times saying that. However, what's interesting is is that Twitter is going to allow some of their biggest advertisers to have free check marks. Okay. Well, so they get to have It's it. a business. But Elon Musk saying, "Hey, no, this is how we're going to roll." So but if you like don't want it, I feel like they've been threatening to it. take the check marks away for months and then like every morning I wake up and it's still there. And you still have yours. Yeah. See, I feel like I've heard other people say they're quickly disappearing. Well, I must be really high up there in the Twitter <laughs> lexicon. Of course you are. That's Twitter Watch. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. Musk Watch. Musk Watch for Tuesday, April 4th. Well, I did say we were going to die. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind a strong start from Freddie Peralta and a first career grand slam from rookie Bryce Terrain, the Milwaukee Brewers beat the New York Mets by a final score of 10-0 on opening day. Peralta went six strong innings, allowing no runs and striking out seven for his first start of the regular season. With the win, the Brewers do improve to 3-1, and one, and they are back at it tonight. First pitch is set for 640. Catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 605. Over to the NBA where the Bucks enter the last week of the regular season with a two-game lead for the top spot in the Eastern Conference, and they begin in Washington to take on the Wizards tonight at 6 p.m. Catch full coverage over on ESPN Milwaukee beginning at 530. And finally, over to College Hoops where a champion has finally been crowned as the UConn Huskies Clamp down and take down San Diego State in the NCAA Men's Championship by a final of 76-59 to for the program's fifth title in school history. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers are off and running starting their regular season with a 3-1 record. And in case you missed it, Baseball World, Bryce Terrain says hello. The Brewers' former first-round draft pick made his home debut in front of his family and his home crowd on Monday afternoon and did so in a way no one will ever forget, even if he may have. On Monday, Terrain hit his first career home run and his first career grand slam all with one swing. And before he finished rounding the bases, you sit back and you realize it's another homegrown star being born right before our very own eyes. We've seen this story before, though, Milwaukee Brewers fans. You don't have to look far in history to see the impact and trajectory a rookie can have on this organization. Ryan Braun will go with J.J. Hardy, maybe some Ricky Weeks, and even Prince Fielder, just to name a few, more recently a few. Prior to the season, my expectations for Terrain were pretty much mild. I did not expect him to come in here and make the impact both on defense and offense in the manner he has and really as quickly as he has. For me, the talent was always there, right? You don't have to look far in the minor leagues. He flew through 
getting to AAA as a 21-year-old, I just thought it might take a little longer than four games to have the impact he already has had on this team. It hasn't taken me long to realize he has the it factor when we talk about pro athletes. He's got the swag. He's got the eye black on. He's a defensive genius. He's always a threat at the plate, as we saw on Monday afternoon. And don't forget about the speed the kid presents when he gets on base. It's quite remarkable, to be honest, and by the looks of it already, it could be the beginning of something magical in Milwaukee for many years to come. Based off of what we have witnessed in the early stages of this season, again, only four games, but the Brewers are looking to be in excellent shape for not only this season, but for their future in years to come, with Bryce Terrain leading the way thus far. Bottom line, Milwaukee, you don't have to look far. A star is being brewed before our very own eyes. And if you're like me, I'll be taking Craig Council's advice and snagging that number zero jersey the next time I visit American Family Field. And you, well, you should too. At 6.53 on this Tuesday morning, you know, a lot of advocates for women's sports are likely frustrated with this week's narrative. We're just coming off the... The highest ratings ever for women's NCAA basketball final, Sunday's game of victory by LSU over Iowa, 102-85. to But then quickly conversations turned into the taunting actions of a winning player and then suggestions most recently by the First Lady that the losing team ought also get an invite to the White House. Two-time Sports Writer of the Year, Lori Nickel, is with us this morning. On my first point first, Lori, People paid attention to the women's NCAA tournament this year in greater numbers than I ever remember. Like people were regular old sports fans were talking about it. It was great. And, but you know, I I mean, some of us have been following this for decades. So, you know, I'm not sure why there's a shift. We noticed that with the Olympics coverage last year as well, that more people were following women's sports and maybe this year with UConn and some of the other powerhouses that have always dominated the game, maybe with the shift of of other powerhouses that have taken over, maybe it's just drawn some more interest. I don't know, but um, I mean, women's basketball has been really good for decades now. So there is this player for Iowa, Caitlin Clark, Laurie, who's really good and had a great run in the tournament and she has some swag to her. Right, like you know, she's got some flashiness to her and some cockiness she's a trash and all. Talker. Yeah, yeah. She, she, well, okay, she's got everything that right. that you see in other players as well. But she just kind of seemed to, gra- you know, she kind of grabbed the spotlight. So they lost, and then right. uh, the LSU player Angel Reese kind of is seen. I don't want to say mocking or taunting or celebrating. It's a little while bit of taunting, kind of staring at her, celebrating and doing some of the same, you know, hand motions back to her. And that's what started this whole thing off. Oh, <laughs> I guess for me, I, I don't know where, like, how to feel about it. I guess that's just where we're at now, where people just kind of celebrate in their own way whenever they do anything well. Well, that's interesting that you're uncomfortable calling taunting taunting, because that's exactly what she was doing. Angel <laughs> Reese is an amazing player, and she um, took it a little bit further, you know, than the usual you-can't-see-me-waving thing just out to the whole general court. She was following Caitlin Clark around. And I think that's what's interesting to me is, you know, what, call it what it is, you know, it, it, and there is a slight but subtle difference between trash talking, which is unsportsmanlike and taunting, which is considered threatening. And there are NCAA rules about this in the game. Um, 
whether they were called or not after the historic number of fouls that were called in that game right. is a different story. But, you know, it wasn't I, – I don't think it was great for the game. I don't love what's going on here. Um, but it is taunting, and it's, I find it interesting that people are kind of afraid to call it that um, because – you know, let like just don't be worried about gender or all that kind of stuff. Just be honest. They, they're athletes, competitive. She got angry. She had something to say, and she said it. Well, I think what's interesting too is you bring it up, Lori, because some people are entirely okay with taunting as fans, and right. like you know, it's like well, when it's when it's my player, when it's my team, I'm all good with somebody standing over someone after they made a tackle, or you know, showing up the pitcher after a long ball Bat flip or whatnot. Yeah, what? So like. Sometimes we break into our camps of my team, your team. We're good with it if it's our team. See, I'm, I'm a little different. I don't mind the taunting or the celebrating or the craziness with bat flips. But if my kid did it, Laurie, then, <laughs> then I'd have a, right. I'd say something to him after the game. Be like, hey, buddy, act like you've been there before. Totally. If either one of these girls were my kids, they would be, like, so sick of me. I would be in their car, in their apartment, and I would be lecturing them <laughs> to death about this stuff because I care about – the purity of the game and the fact it's a crime that we're not talking about the fact that LSU had five women scoring in double figures for this game for a hundred point game. We're not talking about the fact that there were, that they shot 65% from three point range. We're not talking about the fact that there were 15 steals between both sides, that it was a great game, you know, and I, instead we're talking about, um, how you hold yourself, how you carry yourself. And if you like taunting, then, you know, that's interesting because that's not how, you know, the NBA doesn't allow it. The NFL certainly doesn't allow it. Why do we have these rules that prevent that kind of thing? And you don't want it to escalate into fighting into, you know, actual physical contact and things like that, because, you know, for obvious reasons, Um, I don't love taunting, but I understand it, it's part of the emotion. You can't turn off that competitive drive. But I find it just so interesting. You know, Mike Freeman has a huge story at USA Today talking about um, the racial component of all of this that I think is educational and something we need to learn about as well. There's, there's a lot of um, societal ties to something like this and a lot of sociology things that we can study and learn from, from that game. Talking with Lori Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I don't know, one time I made a good play in my football career. I stood over a guy on a sack in a JV game, of all things. <laughs> yeah. Got a flag What's for my it. Name? And that was not a good conversation on the way home. I'll tell you that with my dad, who was there to see it. And also, Lori was the athletic director at our school. And there's this kid who lost his mind for a moment. Nice going. And you got a flag, though. Like, I did. There was a flag, like... There's such a shortage of youth officials and referees, and that's the thing that also bothers me about this game, is now we're a planet of 8 billion critics, and you know nobody's qualified to do all this criticizing, and we're not going to find anybody who wants to go into a job like officiating or refereeing because that's of true. all the criticism you have to face. Who wants that job? Who wants to do something like this now, unless you get paid a ridiculous amount of money and have a super personality where you think you're untouchable. I, that's another thing that concerns me. So, but I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm, you never taunted again. Did you Vince? Well, I never had any more sacks. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a problem. Karma. Karma. That's yeah. right. Lori Nickel with Good us stuff. every Tuesday morning. Great to talk to Thanks, you, Lori. Lori. Thank you. Take care guys. Cool.